Hello, this is Elizabeth Mower, president of BEI. And I'm John Brown, the founder of BEI. Each episode, we take you into the world of exit planning, sharing the stories, struggles, and opportunities of business owners and their advisors. We'll get into this episode's conversation right after this. Gain the insight and knowledge that thousands of business owners and their advisors have used to plan for the future. The BEI membership equips you with the proven process that enables owners to exit their business on their terms. Receive access to case studies, podcasts like the one you're listening to now, a resource toolkit, and so much more. Cement your position as the trusted advisor to your most successful clients. Get started today by visiting exitplanning.com forward slash membership. That's exitplanning.com forward slash membership. And with me today is Devin Langen, who's one of the owners of Legacy Business Advisors in Pennsylvania. Welcome, Devin. Thank you for having me, John. My background is I'm certified in project management professional PMP, mm-hmm. and then I have my Green Bell and Lean Six Sigma. Okay. And so they really, those two disciplines really focus on understanding what your client's needs are, what their okay. value is. And so we we don't go in the approach, or approach with, you know, this is your biggest asset, which mm-hmm. majority of clients it is. Mm-hmm. Are you able to retire? Um, we go in the approach of what are your concerns right now and how can we address them before trying to you know, focus on issues that are inevitable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why you begin with understanding their wants and needs and the resources they've got now to achieve that. And then you're going to use that information to focus on what they need to do next, basically. Yes. So, so like in, in like just the, like most advisors, most exit planners, regardless of their profession, if you take that approach, usually you're going to go to continuity planning because the exit planning implementation is going to take probably years. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So you got to take care of the 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 killer, mm-hmm. maybe no pun intended, of what would happen if the owner dies too soon. What happens to his business? What happens to the family? What happens to the employees? So is that what you got? Is that what you talk about? Your fire. Exactly. And so we kind of, kind of what Steve talked about in the one discussion earlier today in his keynote speech is, you know, if your house is being attacked or you don't really focus on your new project that you're trying to renovate the bathroom, or are you going to take care of the initial threat that's happening right now? So we look at how can we give the business some peace of mind Mm -hmm. and fix their biggest liabilities now so that way they can breathe and then focus on down the road what it's going to be. So the down the road might be growing value, motivating the management team, coming up with a strategy to gift or sell the business to the kids or the management team. Do you then go back and do the rest of that? Yes. So we we use an agile approach um, with what are your key concerns, the highlights that you want to hit, and then let's just focus on one at a time because within our relationship with the client, their mm-hmm. needs are going to change. You know, from six months from now, it's going to be a lot different. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, five years down the road, it's going to be different. So if we try and plan everything out ahead of time, what we're going to search or what we're going to research, what we're mm-hmm. going to do, implement, it's going to be changing so much down the road mm-hmm. that we just kind of wasted a little bit of time. Okay. So give me an example of how you might take that approach let's say 
the business needs to grow in value? Because that's mm-hmm. something clearly with Six Sigma you're going to focus on anyway, yes. right? So when we're looking at value growth, we kind of do an assessment of what are you currently doing now? Mm-hmm. A lot of clients, you know, they say, well, the issue we're not, we're not growing is because our competition is getting too intense in our area. And they're just so used to doing the same processes over and over, mm-hmm. they don't realize that they have quite a bit of bottlenecks mm-hmm. that they need to look at and do a, a process mapping to see what they can cut out. Mm-hmm. Um, so many times that clients think they're delivering value to their own customers, mm-hmm. they haven't ch- asked the question, you know, what does my client really want? What does my customer right. really want? Right. Will you go in and do that or you train the management and the owner to do that? So we go in and we do an assessment with them, mm-hmm. but unless we can get buy-in with the, their management team, mm-hmm. um, it's not going to work. That tells you they have a problem right away, mm-hmm. though, doesn't it? The management team is <laughs> yeah. resistant. Yeah. I mean, it's going through the business, there's so many different phases that if you're not willing to change as the times change, you're going to become complacent and die. Yeah, that's interesting. So, it, how, some other just general exoplanet questions, but I've got there's one question that's uh, that I do want to ask you. So, we do a lot of podcasts like this with our mm-hmm. members. You're one of the youngest members that we've done a podcast for. So, and your dad's still very active in the business. He's yes. an old guy, but he's very young in an awful lot of ways, as you know. Um, <laughs> How would you, how do you approach exoplaneting given the fact that you might be doing this for another 30 or 40 years? So it's, it's interesting. I have the perspective on being on the recipient end, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, in family business, there's about 10 of us. Not all family. I mean, my brother's in it. My mother's in it. Really? So, and then there's a bunch of other people that they're practically family because they've been right. with us for 15, 20 we well, you know, I have to say, we just did a podcast with uh, another BEI member and, who represents family businesses. And he said the same, the same thing. He said, you know, in a lot of really well-run businesses, the owner views all of the employees as family. So, I mean, we, the clients I love working with or the business owners who, they're not, they're not showing up every day because it's a paycheck and mm-hmm. they make no, millions of dollars. They're showing up because they're passionate about it. Yeah. And you can really see their passion come through when you work with their employees, mm-hmm. the ones that are, you know, doing everything they can to make sure that the business is running smoothly, that they're treating as if it's their own. And um, I mean, we had a client who, his, um, one of his key employees had to have a heart transplant, new heart, everything. Wow. Um, he held the, his, person's job open for a year until he was able to come back on his feet and it's um it's people like that that i love working with and yeah. knowing that you know i get to help make sure their legacy continues and that culture is going to continue yeah and the community will, will remain steady do you have uh so when you're dealing with an owner who's 65 years old does it make a difference that you're i know half his age <laughs> absolutely i mean it, it's the elephant in the room right mm-hmm. you know why should i listen to someone that's half my age um and i mean it's a very good question mm-hmm. they if you're not asking that you know either you've known us for a very long time we've yeah. earned your trust 
or uh, you know, there might be something off. But yeah. I mean, how do you I, deal with that? Uh, I just tell them about my experience. Yeah, and I I have referrals that they can talk to, and I I address it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's absolutely. I, I try and be as transparent as I can with clients, and ask them to do the same because if we can't communicate our concerns and our issues, how will we ever move past them? Right. Right. Yeah, I don't. I I, I do think that a lot of owners, I, I they ha, they do they're going to have that question in their mind, but I think they're going to be open mm-hmm. to listening to you because they also have, I think, a lot of. Uh, at least they think that younger people are more savvy in a lot of ways than the old people. And, you know, whether it's technology or whatever, whatever it is, Six Sigma. Mm-hmm. I mean, how long that most business owners don't have any idea what that is. No, it's yeah. surprising. But the more I get involved with it, uh-huh. six minutes, the more eye-opening I am. That's not just, most people think of it just manufacturing. Yeah. But there's so many different applications to it that right. can impact everyone in a beneficial way, especially in the service industry. Yeah. I mean, so for an older owner, that's a new idea. That's mm-hmm. a new concept that you're bringing to them that adds value. And it adds value because your generation knows more about that than their generation. So, I mean, I think it's, and clearly you know what you're talking about. And you've got the support of your company. Well, and it's great that I can also tell people that, you know, there's a body that overlooks my training that I have to prove to them every single year, you know, that I meet their criteria, that I yeah. I understand the at least the basics, right? Yeah. And so having that CXP from BI really helps. Excellent. Excellent. Um, what else do you want to talk about? Well... I think probably the biggest issue that we have with clients and business owners that I think every business owner should do, whether it's with, you know, somebody from BEI or another advisor is whenever you do a plan, whether it's strategic plan, continuity, contingency plan, you need to practice it. That's the biggest, most frustrating aspect that I have is you go through the planning process and then everyone feels good, right? They pay you money. Yep. And you could walk away, but... It never gets done. It gets put in a drawer. Everyone forgets about it. Yeah. And so when we work with people, we say, you know, if you don't want to practice it, you don't want to implement it, then you're wasting your money. And if we are going to waste your money, we don't want to be part of it. So do you, how do you stay on top of the, the whole process to make sure that, that stuff gets done? Because it could also be that you've brought in another advisor who's not getting the work done. Mm-hmm. So we're very upfront with everyone and how we do things. And we send out an agenda at least a week in advance with all the documents Mm -hmm. that we're gonna cover and say, here's what we're gonna be talking about. Here's what we wanna get out of this. Are you on board? And typically everyone says, yes, we're- Oh yeah, no problem, right? I mean, this makes sense. But as we start going through the process, working with advisors, the client begins to see that not everyone's pulling their weight. And we'll have to have the uncomfortable conversation saying, you know, In the beginning, we all set up the expectations. We all agree to it. If you're not able to hold your part, you can't be a part of this moving forward. Well, and part of our planning process is that those other advisors, as well as you, have timelines, deadlines. Yes. So there's a kind of a mark in the sand. If they miss it, especially consistently, they have to realize that they're not going to be an advisor anymore. Exactly. And... Nobody wants to be the weakest link, yeah. especially when all these advisors, they want the client to look to them for their expertise and go to them right. for help. So 
having that added pressure really helps it move along. Yeah, and I hadn't thought about this before, but uh, in the way we do the plans, all of the advisors know all of the deadlines. Yes. So if somebody is consistently missing it, it's going to hurt that advisor many times over because all of the other advisors are going to be a little more reluctant to work with that person. And there will never be a referral that comes from it. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, I like that pressure. I hadn't, we didn't design it that way, but it's a good result, I think. It's, it's a good way, especially when I feel in this environment, everybody wants to be part of a team and right. wants to help out. Right. How many exit plans are you, Devin, uh, involved in every year? This year we've been, I've been working with 10 different business owners. Um, That's a lot. It's not all exit plans. Yeah. I mean, we do a lot of strategic work, business coaching. Um, our biggest area is the contingency plan, the fire drill, mm-hmm. where people want to, we have six different scenarios. You know, everyone wants to know what happens with the business owner, passes away, becomes disabled. Mm-hmm. But then we also do it for key employees. We do it for natural disasters. I mean, we had a local business which was a print shop a dryer exploded caused a fire and so there's always different areas mm-hmm. that we talk to people about and like yeah what what do i do if another 08 occurs you know how is my business yeah. prepared for that right and that's all that t- that's all part of this exit planning it, everything's combined and so you know we're going to exit hopefully we're planned hopefully not by <laughs> explosion right <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so if we can plan for it, it makes it a lot easier for our families and for our employees. Absolutely. So again, just to maybe be redundant, but after you've done that planning, you mm-hmm. already know what they want to accomplish and what they've got. You then go back and examine other aspects of the exit plan. Typically. So when we do the assessment, uh, majority of the issues we find actually can be resolved ahead of time. Yeah. Now the biggest issue that we found with one client was um, the owner had executive sanction for everything. So if he passes away, mm-hmm. guess who's not getting paid? Yeah. You know? And it's little things like that that can be can create a lot of problems down the road but can yeah. be easily fixed. So we, we go through the process. We identify all those issues, figure out what we can fix ahead of time. And then once that we can't fix ahead of time, we develop an early warning system, which are little red flags that occur throughout you know, the, life, the timeline mm-hmm. um, that says, hey, you know, you're heading for disaster. And then we have the recovery plan for that that lets them get back on track. Yeah, it's interesting. Interesting. So, and then as we go through that, you know, we make sure that their key employees are taken care of and that they, if they're going to sell it, you know, their family is financially secured or if we need to grow it, how do we do that? Mm-hmm. And so then we, we start going through the priority list that he, right. he or she has. Right. Great. Hmm. Well, Everything Devin said is brings us to the final line, which is, this is why we plan. That's why we plan. Thanks a lot, Devin. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Join us for our next episode. For more content like this, please visit ExitPlanning.com.